this series has been all about the choices that we make. And this is so important because what are we? We are the sum total of the choices that we have made up to this point. I mean, think about it for a minute. Who we are today is the result of all the choices that we have made that have gotten us to this point, right? And the choices and the decisions you make today are drastically going to affect what happens in your life, not only this summer, but for your future. And so this is a big, important topic to discuss. And so each week, what I've done is I've wanted to give you a couple of keys on how to make better decisions, okay? And that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this is because most of the time, the discussions I have with people, when they come up to the preacher, they're like, oh, preacher, I've really got this big decision that I need to make, and I I don't know what to do. Do I need to do this? Or what what do you think? Should I do that? You know, and I'm just constantly reminded because of all the discussions I have. Making decisions is hard. And you know what? Making decisions isn't easy for me either. I'm telling you, man, I do not like making decisions at all. Uh, Even down to where we eat for lunch. I don't want, how many of you do not want to make that decision of where we go? Thank you. Those are my people. I don't care where we eat. I don't care where we go. I don't care. I'll even pay for it. Just don't make me decide, right? I just don't want to make that decision. If I don't like making those types of decisions, You know, how difficult is it to really make those hard decisions, those difficult ones that take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worrying about? And so what I've been doing each week is like talking through how can I know how to make wise decisions, okay? So let's review. I've given you a few things to think about, and I want to see if you can fill in these blanks before I give you the answer. So if you got the message notes, if you picked them up from the door, we're going to fill in uh, we're just going to take some notes this morning. If you've got the app open, go ahead and open that up. You'll find the message notes on there where you can fill in some blanks. Also, y'all, they just did an update on the app, and the Bible feature is better than ever. There's different translations, so check it out, okay? And if you haven't updated the app, go, go and update it. It's really worth it. Okay, so for the first week, how to make great decisions, what's the first question you should ask? I'm just going to let you think about this for a minute. All right, here it is. The first one was, what does the Bible say? How many of y'all remembered that? Let me see. Good. All right. We got a few people. How many? Okay. What does the Bible say? If I've got a major decision that needs to be made, I got to ask myself first and foremost, what does scripture say? Okay. God's word has got to be authority, the authority in my life. If I want to have a blessed life, if God's word addresses this and God's word most of the time does address each and every issue, then I've got to do what God's word says because I want his blessing in my life. So that makes things a little bit easier. The second week, here's the second one. What if mama found out, right? Okay, if you remember, this is just my clever way because we just came out of Mother's Day. We're heading to five. What if mama found out this is the question of when I got a decision that needs to be made, can I do it with a clear conscience, right? If I'm worried that people are going to find out, if I'm worried that I'm going to have to explain myself, then it's probably something I just need to steer clear of. Okay, and then the third one, see if anybody can guess this one. Third one was, what is the best? Like, is this the best? What's the best in these choices that I have? Not what's good, because it might be good. Not what's okay, because it might be okay. No, 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 no. What's the best? Both could be decent, but I'm not after that. I'm after what is the best for God's glory. Okay, and that brings us to the fourth point. This is the one that I want to focus on today um, during the first portion of our message. Here it is. How will this impact others? When you got a decision, 
or choice that needs to be made, ask yourself that question. How is this going to impact those around me? Now, on the surface, this looks like it's pretty simple. This looks like this is something that we should know that we ought to do, right? But honestly, it's not always. We don't always consider this in our choices, the decisions that we make. And the reason I say this is because we live in such a self-centered society, right? Let me tell you how this plays out. A lot of times when people are asking me about the decisions or the choices they need to make, they always come back to this point of saying, well, I've just got to do what's best for me. Right? I just got to look after myself. I've been doing this and that, but you know, sooner or later, I just got to take care of me. And you know what? That might be so. God's up in heaven going, yes, I want you to live into the purpose that I have for your life. Yes, I have a purpose and I have a plan for you and I want you on track with that. But, but I also, I also want you to think about how this decision and how this choice is going to affect other people. In fact, Scripture is pretty clear that God is going to judge us based on how we treated others, right? We're going to be evaluated on whether or not we walk through life selfishly thinking, I've got to do what's best for me. Or if I really considered the impact and the implications my decisions make on other people. Because you know what? The reason that this is so important to think about is because most of the time when I make the wrong decision, when I make the wrong choice, when I really blow it in life, there's a good chance that it doesn't just affect me. It affects the people around me. Right? It affects those that are closest to me. I like the way Romans 14, 13 puts this. Um, Let me show you this verse. It says, if we must be critical, let us be critical of our own conduct, what we do, okay, choices we make, and see that we do nothing that makes a brother stumble or fall. I love this. This verse says to me that we as Christians, those of us that are Christ followers, we need to all be on the same page when we do not want to do anything or make choices or make decisions that cause other people to stumble in life. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean that I don't want to cause other people to stumble? Let me get practical here. It's any decision or it's any choice that I make that might cause a problem for somebody else, right? Like a problem when people look at that decision, when people look at that choice and they see a problem with my character, who I am, a problem with my faith in Christ. You see, I don't want to make a decision that would cause anybody else to question my loyalty to Jesus, right? At the end of the day, what I want is I want to live the best example possible. So when I make choices, when I make decisions, man, I I want to make those choices. I want to make those decisions thinking to myself, how is this going to impact my friends and, and my family, my church family, my relationship with Jesus? Like, how is this going to affect that? It's not just about me. But I do have to think about how this is going to impact other people. So let me give you an example. Here's a really practical, easy example. One of those is how I treat my family. How I treat my family. How I I treat Shannon or the girls. We're we're really pretty good at this. We've always been good at this. When we're in public, we always wait to have difficult discussions, right? Or disciplinary discussions when the girls were little. We would wait to do that. Um, until we were alone, until we were out of the public sight, right? In, in fact, by the way, we were really good at giving the look to the girls. Do you know the look? You know the look, the, the little, here's the look. Are you ready for the look? Here it is. It's just a little, 
that. Right there. That's all it takes, man. That's all, that's all it takes. Right there, see? You know it. That look that says, you better, you better act right or else. How many of y'all are good at giving the look? Let me see. You had a look that you gave? Okay. How many of you got the look a lot when you were growing up? So you knew, yep. Okay, so you knew what to do later on in life, right? Okay, hey, just word of advice, this does not, the look does not work on your spouse, okay? Do not, do not do that, okay? Crashed and burned a couple of times on that one, okay? Um, so, anyway, but some of the most cringeworthy moments are those moments when people choose to act out in public, right? When I see parents or, or couples that don't make the good choice or the good decision to wait. And when I, when I see that happen, when I see that in public and that kind of witness and that kind of example, I'm always stuck thinking that's not the best choice, right? You're not thinking about how this is impacting everybody else around you. It's not a great example of your walk with Christ, so you know what, when it comes to those decisions, I don't want to make a decision when I'm out in public and do something and yell or something like that, and then somebody else look at me and go, well, if the preacher can do it, and, you know, then that's, and that's okay with the Christian faith, then, you know, then they go home and it kind of escalates. Like, I, I don't want that to be an option. So I think, I think the mark of a mature leader and a mature Christian follower is when you stop thinking so much of yourself, Right? This is why I kind of saved this one for the last. It's like, you know, I stop thinking only about myself. And I start thinking, you know, how are my actions? What, what is this decision? What is this choice? How is this going to affect the people around me? And you know what? I just gave you just a small example of daily life being out in public. But you know what? This works for the big decisions. Like, how is this change that I'm looking at at work? Like, how is this going to affect my family? How is this purchase that I'm about to make, when I think about this purchase, take it outside of just me and think about how this is going to affect my finances and how I'm able to honor God, right? How is this new commitment that I'm about to make that we're going to spend a lot of time on this morning, how is this commitment going to mark my impact that I'm able to make with my church family on Sundays? That's a big one. So in those situations where there's no, really no right or wrong answer, or you're really trying to make that decision, maybe simply ask yourself this question and say, you know what, how is this not just going to impact me, but get it outside of me, and how is this going to impact those around me? I think this will help us have a better summer if we start thinking in these ways. So, you know, at the end of the day, though, when we go through this list of things, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is, if I could just say the, the, the phrase that we've just, you know, all probably grown accustomed to, this idea of what would Jesus do, right? You know, if Jesus were in this situation, Jesus made this choice, what would he do? So, when I look at this, you know, I go back and I think to myself, if I got a big decision that needs to be made, what does Scripture say? Can I do this with a clear conscience? right? What's the best? Not what's good, not what's okay, but what's the best for God's glory? And then let's get this beyond me and let me think, how is this impacting the people around me? I think all of those together, when you're making decisions, when you're making the choices, if you, if you work through those things, man, this will give you not only the best summer ever, but it'll give you a better future. Okay, so if you remember, each week what I've done is I've given you something to think about when you're making decisions. For those of you that's got a major decision that needs to be made, those were the four things. And then what I want to do is I want to change course and I want to give you a decision that needs to be made right now. Something to think about today, something to think about that will help make this summer even better. And 
really excited about what we're about to talk about because I talked about this in January and this is something that I always struggle with so I try to talk about it as much as possible because I really, I preach to myself when I go through this. But to get us into this topic, let me start off by asking this question. How many of you would say that you would like to have a little bit more time to do what you want to do? Let me see, raise your hands. How many of you would like more time to do what you want to do? Yeah, okay, I think everybody in here would say that, right? I don't think that I would talk to any, I haven't talked to anybody that hasn't said, you know, I wish I had more time to spend with my family or, or my kids, or I wish I had more time to golf or to garden or to exercise or, you know, to work on the house or whatever it is, but I can't because I'm always working or I'm always doing this. I'm always having to pay the bills. I'm always get, getting the chores done or students in school, I've always got homework to do, you know, or, or for those of us that are stuck too much on our phones and social, I'm always in social media and that's just zaps all the time that we have and I get lost in it. Sometimes we're so busy that we don't have the time to do what we really want to do, or, or, better yet, what God wants us to do. In fact, most of the time when I ask somebody how they're doing, they always reply with, I'm busy. Every time I ask, I'm just busy. Man, it's been so stressful. I've been so anxious. I've had all, let me tell you, preaching, let me tell you everything that I've got going on. I've never had anybody just stop and go, you know what? Life has been great. I've just been taking it easy, you know. I'm just chilling like a villain, you know, just like I've never had anybody respond to me like that. Everybody is always so busy. And I love the way, I love the way Life Church puts this. They say that if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. Some of y'all may remember that. I use that in January. If the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. He'll get us so distracted with everything else going on in life that we don't have time to do what we want to do or what God wants us to do. And again, I think that this is something that we all struggle with. So, let me give you something to think about today. I think that God knew exactly what he was doing when he gave us 24 hours in a day. I actually believe, I think, that we have time for what we choose to have time for. Okay, I I really do. Anytime I'm saying that I wish I had more time to do something, the problem is... What I'm saying is that I've made a choice to do something else with my time. I really believe and I think that we all have the time for what we choose to have time for. So the big question is, the big choice that needs to be made is what are you choosing with your time, right? So today what I want to do is I want to talk about making choices to give something more time or less time. You know, you only get so much time in a day. And again, I think God knew exactly what he was doing. He gave us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You only get so much time in a day. You only get so much time in a week. You only get so much time in a month. You only get so much time this summer. So when we're talking about choices that will make this the best summer ever, maybe it's good for us to look at our schedule, to look at what we're filling up our time with and asking ourselves the question, is this meaningful or is it meaningless? Is this useful or is it useless, right? How good would it be during this summer when people tend to have a little bit more time to really look at your schedule and maybe, ooh, this is even a thought, maybe even get ahead of the schedule and start looking at the fall when things start ramping up, right? And saying, what do I need to spend more time on and what do I need to spend less time on? Because time is, we've got to make 
good investments with it, right? It's just like finances. We, we got to know the right areas to invest it in so that it grows. So that we have something meaningful with it that we've done from it, right? And when we're willing to have those decisions, when we're willing to have those discussions, really, when we look at our days and we're, we're able to look at different things, you know, some, some of the things that when we really evaluate it, we'll look at it and we'll say, you know what, this, this has actually been a lot, this has been a waste of time. You know, when I look at this, when I look at what I'm filling up my week with or my day with or the summer with, this, this isn't helpful at all. It's not meaningful. It's not beneficial to me or going back to that topic that we start out with, when I take it outside of me and I'm looking at the people around me, it's not beneficial to anybody around me either. I think that if we take more time to really think about the decisions that we make on a daily basis, we evaluate what needs more time and less time, I think it would change things dramatically. So let me take you to a story in the New Testament. Take you to a story where Jesus did this And he chose something with his disciples, with his followers, that was more meaningful. He let go of the meaningless, and he gave more time for the meaningful. Okay, and I'm just going to jump right in. We're going to read together. It comes in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, and I'm reading from the NIRV if y'all want to follow along with me. But Mark 6, if you want to go home, just write that down in your message notes. You can read the whole story later. But let's just dive in, okay? Here's what it says. Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Jesus is traveling around teaching everybody that he came into contact with. Verse 7, he called the 12 disciples to him. And then he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them the authority to drive out evil spirits. Okay, and here's what he told them to do. So he's sending them out to do ministry. He's been traveling around doing all these villages, you know, doing the touring. And he's like, you know what? We're we're better together. I'm sending you all out. So this is what he tells them to do. Take only a walking stick for your trip. Do not take bread or a bag. Take no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but do not take extra clothes. When you're invited into a house, stay there until you leave town. Some places may not welcome you, and they may not listen to you. And if they don't, then leave that place and shake the dust off your feet. And that'll be a witness against the people living there. Okay, so Jesus is like sending them out to camp, right? Like he's sending them out on this mission trip. This is an amazing opportunity to put into practice what they've been learning and what they've been taught all these years from Jesus, right? So Jesus is expecting great things. He's expecting incredible moments of ministry, but he's also expecting trouble, Right, So he tells the disciples, man, if people don't welcome you, then as the great theologian Taylor Swift once said, shake it off. Just shake it, shake it off. Or the great theologian Luke Bryan once said, kick the dust up. Right? I, anyway, okay, I, enough with that. I'll leave that alone. Imagine all the excitement of what lays ahead, okay? It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be difficult, Right? But they're excited. I imagine these guys just ran out to do this. And then verse 12, look what happens next. So they went out. And they preached the people should turn away from their sins. And they drove out demons. They poured olive oil on many sick people and they healed them. Think about this. It's better than they've imagined. Man, the disciples, they're teaching. People are finding God. They're being healed. It's amazing. So when they finally get back to Jesus, after this is done and they're coming back, I imagine they they return back to Jesus like, 
you know, like a, like a kid that just went on their first, you know, kids are going on, they sold out this week, like a kid going on their first camp experience with the youth group or whatever, and they're just so excited, and they come back to mom and dad, and they just got to fill them in on everything that happened and everything that was said, and, you know, got to stay up late and all this kind of stuff, and so they're telling Jesus all about it. Verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus, and they told him everything that they had done and taught, but many people were coming and going, so they didn't even have a chance to eat. So things are hectic around Jesus. They're so consumed with telling Jesus everything that they forgot to eat. And I'm picturing they're just sitting around with Jesus and they're just going on and on and on and Peter wants to talk and then Judas breaks in. Everybody's like, nobody cares what Judas has to say anyway. You know, and then Thomas wants to talk, you know, and they're just going on and on and on. And they wouldn't stop. And honestly, it's taken up too much time. It really is. And then Jesus says something. And if this doesn't, I love this. If this doesn't speak to you, then, then something's wrong because this is just great. So Jesus told his apostles, look at this last verse. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Come with me. Get away with me. And let's just rest. Because you need some rest. You need to rest. Take a minute and just let this sink in. What's the most important thing? What needs more time? What needs more time is rest. Was Jesus excited about the news? Yeah, of course. Was Jesus proud of the disciples for doing everything like they did? Of course. But right now, looking at everything that's happened today, looking at where we are, looking at what's going on, less time, less time on this, and more time on this. More time to rest. Because if they don't have more time to rest with everything that's happened, with everything that's been going on the last couple of days, they won't have anything left. They won't be able to do anything else. Rest is important. In fact, Vance Havner, I put this in your message notes online, he says, if you don't come apart to rest, you'll come apart. And that's just a fact. If you don't come apart to rest, you'll come apart. God knows this. That's why he builds rest into the schedule. That's why he says this deserves more Time, not less time, more time. When you're looking at everything you've got to do, more time to rest. More time specifically, what Jesus says, is to come away, just me, let's just us, get away, and have some time to rest. So the big idea here, and what I'm getting at, is that it's good for us to be intentional. Because if we're not intentional with the time that we have, I picture us just like the disciples gathering around, you know, just jibber-jabbering about everything or looking into our phones and getting lost into this nothingness that's out there. And we tend to be so good at turning on the TV or whatever it is and just wasting time. We give so much more time to the things that are less important. So we've got a choice to make. I think that we have time for what we choose to have time for. So the big question is, maybe as we go into this summer, is what what are our decisions saying about what's most important in our life? 
What do do I need to spend more time on doing for God, for my relationship with him, for my purpose in life? And what do I need to spend less time doing? Because honestly, when I take a look at it, it's really meaningful. I mean, it's really meaningless in my life. And it's really wasteful and it doesn't make much sense. So you know what? To to go along with this, I want to give you a few points, okay? A a few tools that will help us make those types of decisions on what we give more time and less time to, okay? When it comes to managing your time, let's just talk for a minute about managing time. And please know that I struggle with this. Oh, this is, I feel like most of the time I'm running around with my head on fire, my hair on fire. I just get caught and lost in the less important things in life. So I need to be reminded of this. But let me give you three practical thoughts here when it comes to making the most amount of your time, when it comes to time management. Let me give you the first one here. Number one, this helps me a lot create an artificial deadline, okay? This is so helpful. This is, just, this is just something that I have found through the years, something that has helped me. All you procrastinators out there, you are not gonna like this one at all. But create an artificial deadline. This is extremely important to me. What is an artificial deadline? It's exactly what it says. It's a fake deadline. It's not real. Let me tell you how this works in my life. When is my Sunday message due? Like when... Is my sermon due? Technically, it's due on Sunday mornings at 10.30 when we gather, right? That's when it's technically due, right? By Sunday mornings, 10.30, I better have something. I better have something ready to say. Otherwise, it's going to be awkward, right? And trust me, you want me having something on a script. You want me staying to the script or else I'm going to tell jokes like I did last Sunday. That probably, Anyway, um, but I need to have something written down and ready to go. So it demands a lot of my time. It's, it's important. In fact, I need to spend more time on it. So here's what I do. I create an artificial deadline by Wednesday afternoon. Why so early? It's because if this is an incredibly important part of my ministry, why do I want it hanging over me? Like, why do I want it lingering over me all week? You know what kills me? What kills me are those pastors. And I've got friends that will stay up late on a Saturday night writing their paper. It, it, it makes me sweat just thinking about it. I don't understand that. I place those artificial deadlines on me. Because if it demands that much time, I want to be able to give that much time to it so that once that time has come and gone, then I can spend more time on other things that are just as important. So at the beginning of my week, I will spend more time on my message so that later in the week, I can spend more time on other things that are also important. So I create, and I'm, I do this with everything, I create artificial deadlines. So what is it for you? Let me, let, let me give you some other examples of this. Maybe for those of you that are taking summer classes in college, I used to do this all the time. I was not a procrastinator. If I had a 20-page paper due, I would take, you know, if it was 20 pages and I had 10 days to do it, I would do two pages every day. I'd, I'd create an artificial day. Or I would create an artificial deadline four days ahead of the time so that I would have time to review it and go over it. That doesn't work for everybody. It does for me. How about when it comes to building up your savings? When you're looking at the summer months, and you're like, at the end of the summer, I want to give myself an artificial deadline or an artificial goal of having this much in savings. Does it really matter? No, but it's a goal that I want to have, so I'm going to put this on me so that when I start looking over my summer months and how much I give time to these things, some of these things that I'm giving more time for cost more money. So if I want to have that as a goal, then maybe I need to do less of this 
more of this so that I can save a little bit more money. Maybe it's a weekly commitment to you. Maybe it's not a sermon, but it's a weekly commitment at work that just continues to hang over you. What if you created an artificial deadline so that you gave yourself more time at the beginning of the week to get it going so that you could give yourself more time at the end of the week to do other things that are more meaningful? Okay, so... I can't tell you how important point number one is for me. I just hope that that helps you. So number one, artificial deadline. Number two, number two, be careful with your yeses, okay? Okay, be selective in what you say yes to. Maybe even when you have an opportunity, when something's coming around, when you've got something happening this summer or you're looking ahead to the fall, maybe even stop and pray and ask God, God, is this really what I need to give more time to? Because I think, and I, I, I would argue that for a lot of people, the struggle to having a meaningful life is not lack of commitment, but it's overcommitment. Let me say that again. The struggle to finding a meaningful life or to finding our purpose in life with God and what he wants, it's not a lack of commitment. We're committed. It's just that we're overcommitted to all these other things that don't matter as much. This goes back to the opening and what I was getting at and saying that so many give the reply that we're just so busy in life. And the problem is, is that society teaches us that busyness equals success, right? So in order to be successful, I've got to, to, in order to have meaning in life, I've got to be busy. And that doesn't necessarily bring fulfillment. In fact, most of us in here, I, I would guarantee you, most of us we don't need to go home and create a to-do list. What we need to do is we need to go home and create a to-don't list, right? Right? A things that we don't need, to, or things that we need to stop doing so much. So going back to this big idea of more time or less time, it'd be good and say, man, where have we overcommitted? What are we giving too much time to that's not very meaningful at all? What do we need to give more time to? What do we need to give less time to, right? In fact, most successful people are strategic with their yeses. Why? Why? It's what we went to. It's what we talked about last week. It's so that they can choose. They can save their yes for the best. They say no to some good things. Like I said last week, right? It's not what's good. It's not what's okay. It's not what everybody else is doing. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's what's the best. What's the best in this situation? What's the best? Not just for me, but in my relationship with God. My relationship with the people around me, Right? I may have to say no to the good so that I can say yes to the best. So artificial deadlines help, help me a lot. I hope that helps you. Uh, number two, being, uh, just being careful with our commitments and our yeses. And then the last one, the last one, is do the most important thing first. Do the most important thing. Do what matters the most. Do it first. This is a big one. We're going to choose to do first what matters the most, okay? So what I'm getting at with this one is none of this if I have more time type of thinking, right? None of those things, man, I'd really like to do. Man, this really neat, but I just don't have time. None of that if I had more time, then I would, right? Or if, how's this one? We we always say this one. If things ever slow down, then I'll, no, 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 no. We're going to choose, we're going to try this this summer. Choose to do first what matters the most. In fact, let me go back to that choice that Jesus made with the disciples. The disciples made with Jesus. I want to leave you with that image of resting in the presence of the Son of God. Doesn't that just sound great? Doesn't that seem 
peaceful? Doesn't that seem like something that we need to do? That, that, that's something that should matter the most? But for many of us, if I can just be blunt, taking time to rest with Christ isn't what matters the most for us, but it should be. Because it's human nature just to add more and more and more and more, and we neglect what matters the most. And if I asked you, if I asked everybody in here about your time with Christ, you would say, that is so important to me. Man, I really, you would say that. But how good are we at doing it, right? We often don't do it because we're just too tired. Why are we so tired? Because we're so busy. Why are we so busy? Because we say yes to everything or we get lost in everything else. When what we really need to do is we need to start first with what matters the most and spend that time in the presence of God. Honestly, most of the discussions I have too when it comes to decisions is we're, we're in a situation and we're having to make a choice or we're having to make a decision and we're wondering why things aren't turning out well, why things aren't going in the right direction when we haven't been spending time with Christ. Is, is there any wonder why we're at that point? No, 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 no. See, we got to choose first what matters most. We got to get into that time to be and to rest in the presence of God. Because Matthew 6.33, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, you know what, if you seek him first, man, if you make that your first priority in life, not only will he give you the decisions of what to do right then, but man, he'll make everything else clear for you. All the other decisions, all the other choices that come in life. But you've got to choose him first. We've got to do first what matters the most. And I'll just be honest with you. I remember, I remember one Sunday standing up here to preach. One Sunday that I chose a lot of different... You know, there's a lot that goes into setting up and tearing down on Sunday mornings with a church like this. But I had chosen to do many different things to be first that day and not my time with Christ. And I stood up here to preach, and I could not remember praying to God that morning. And it hit me, and I'm like, what, what am I doing? I'm about to stand up here and preach. And I haven't been in the prayer. I haven't taken that time to get away. I haven't, I haven't done first what matters the most, right? I've been foolish. I've been foolish with my time. And I think some of us, when we get through our days this summer, when it comes to making this the best, you know how, how to make this the best summer ever? Man, do first what matters the most. Man, every morning, if you get to the end of the day and you haven't spent time with God, ask yourself, man, what, what was it that was so important that I couldn't do that? That I couldn't start out with that first. Why did I neglect the more important, the most important thing for the less, lesser things in life? You see, we have a choice to make. You have time for what you choose to have time for. You can have excuses this summer, or you can have progress. But you can't do both. And that's why, with the help of Jesus, what we're going to do is we're going to make this summer the best ever. And every day, we're going to learn to put him first. And we're also going to seek his guidance in finding our purpose and finding more meaning, finding more fulfillment in life by, by examining those things and asking, what needs more time? God, where do you want me to be? What do you want for my days? What do you want for my future? I'm going to give it over to you.
Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would work in our hearts. God, that our hearts would be lined up with yours. God, that we would choose what's most important. That at the end of the day, that our choices would be about what's best when it comes to our relationship with you. And for everyone that's here this morning, for everybody that's worshiping online with us, I I just want to take a minute and pause and pray and just think about what we've neglected. What is it in our lives right now? What is it that's most important? What is it that's important? You know, it's your time with God, your time with your family, your finances and honoring God, those things. What's most important? But what, what have you allowed to just kind of just take it away from you? Would you just lift that up to him right now and ask him, God, help me make this choice and spend more time in this. God, speak to us this morning. God, I just thank you for moving in our hearts. God, I, I pray that we would have the courage we need to say no to some things in life so that we can save our best yes for you, for what you want. God, those things in life that just crowd out our, our, our worship time, <laughs> our time with you, God, I just pray that we would really evaluate what we're doing and how we're living so that we would seek you first with all of our hearts every day. I mean, God, we do this and we want this because you love us, because you gave your life for us. God, we remember that we're sinners and we struggle and that we don't deserve anything from you. But God, even with all of that, God, you still came to this earth to die and to pay the penalty of our sin. And because of that, we have the privilege and the honor to be with you forever. God, we're just thankful for that. God, we just want to make sure that you are the most important thing in our life and our decisions reflect that. In fact, if there's anybody that's worshiping with us online or here this morning that has never given their heart to Christ and you want to do that today, just pray this with me and say, Jesus, I ask for forgiveness. And I pray that you would come into my life. I pray that you would guide me. Today, I choose to live for you. God, just help us. God, I just pray that you would help us make better choices when it comes to what's really important in life. As we leave here today, God, just guide us with your Holy Spirit in determining what needs more time, more time with you, more time in your presence, we pray. We love you, God. We give you everything we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.